0: What it is, guys. Your boy, so sort I'm of Alanizing. And today, we got the NBA Finals, man. Review. So, you know, the NBA Finals just ended on Thursday. Last Thursday. And the Golden State Warriors beat the Boston Celtics in six to lift the Larry O'Brien trophy. Now, I have two huge things on why Boston lost. First, Boston Celtics Turnovers, 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 turnovers. They averaged 17 turnovers throughout the series. They had 99 total turnovers with 22 in a closeout game six compared to Golden State's 79 total turnovers. Now, okay, first, we're going to give credit to Golden State defense, right? Obviously, orchestrated by Draymond Green. They had a zone defensive scheme when Jason Tatum specifically targeted Curry. He wouldn't back down. All right. You got to give him credit for that. He didn't back down. He would hold them long enough until the help defender came and they would steal the ball or they would cause the a turnover, or anything. All right. All of the defender Golden State Warriors swarmed to the ball. Got them. We got to give them the credit. However, to me, a lot of it was self-inflected wounds, self-inflected turnovers. How many times did we see Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart? Off an ISO, they tried to create an ISO, and off an ISO, they would force something. And knowing that the Warriors' defense was swatting, trying to steal the ball, they looked careless. That these three Boston players looked careless with the basketball. Trying these ridiculous passes that were never going to work in the first place. Like, I don't even know why you would attempt that. Game 5, perfect example of this. Warriors had 6 hurdle turnovers as a team. Boston had 18. Total turnovers as a team. With Tatum, Brown, and Smart. All with more than four turnovers. Guess who won the game? The Warriors. Another big thing. That why I think Golden State won. The Dubs. They cooked them. Curry cooked Boston. With their high screens. And pick and rolls. Each time. How many times? Did we see Draymond give Curry a high screen and each time Horford and Robert Williams would play drop coverage on Steph Curry from 30 feet out? How many times did we see that? It was so frustrating to watch because this is Steph Curry, okay? And I'm not a professional basketball player. I don't want to get too much in them. I don't want to criticize if that was the Ime Udoka scheme because I'm not... In that realm, right? I'm not on their level, but I think it's not even a if you're a professional. Like if you just watch basketball and you just see it, that you're giving the best shooter in the world too much space. Why? You want to condense that space so he has he barely has anything to move, especially against these two big dudes, Horford and Williams, to move so he could at least. If you give him his space, he won't have that much to do. shoot. He won't have much time to or space to shoot, and you're giving it to him. It was just so frustrating to watch, and those were the two things on why I think the Dubs took the dub versus the Leprechauns over here. But speaking of Curry, Curry won his Finals MVP, his first one, and it was deserved. All right, in the series, he averaged thirty-one points, six boards, five assists. 48% shooting from the floor or from the field. 44% shooting from three and 86% from the free throw. Now, now keep in mind, game five, he had a pretty poor game. Oh, right, a poor game. Seven, 16 points, 7-22 from the field, 0-9 from three. 0-9 from three. Steph Curry shot 0-9 from three. Those are the just these are these bad games that players just have, you know, it, it just it just happens. All right, this outlier game is the reason why his averages dipped because of this game. All right, if, if it wasn't for this game, his averages would have been even higher, his shooting percentages even higher. He was carrying the dubs at certain points. Game four, he had 43 points, 10 boards, 10 boards for this for six foot two guy, 10 boards four assists 14 of 26 from the field seven out of 14 from the three and in the third quarter i know he had more than 10 points i don't know the exact number but i know he had more than 10 points he just scored three after three after three and it was it demoralized the celtics their fans and his adversaries how many times did we just see that over and over over again his performances got him that bill russell trophy all right and he got emotional after the game and why is this an interesting topic because after the game a lot of people were saying or reporters asked them about the finals MVP and and he's yeah and he clapped back at them like a little bit annoyed he wasn't like mad but he's annoyed and he said oh why are we talking about the finals MVP like I just won my fourth ring I'm more happy about that all right and I can't tell him okay I'm like I'm like I'm not dismissing that completely because he's him and he knows how he feels better than I do but we all know that's not the full story we know he's not just fully happy because he won his fourth ring we know it's because of he won his first finals MVP now like Charles Barkley said he said it could also got a little bit more emotional to him because you know his parents split up this year and that probably took a toll on him. People are more reporting about that. But I'm not going to get into that because I don't know the details. That's not my business. So. But we're mostly going to stick to the finals MVP. I'm, not, I'm just saying that his family could be a little factor into this. But sticking to the finals MVP. If this wasn't so big for you, Curry. Why, if it was mostly about winning your fourth ring. How come in your other three times that you've won it, you didn't get this emotional? like in front of us, like after the game. And right after the game, you're crying and everything, huh? Now it could be that this fourth ring came after you guys fell rock bottom. When after the 2019 finals, when Clay got injured, Curry was out for a long period of time. Draymond was trying to carry the team and then he would get injured and then he would come back and they were at the bottom of the NBA. And, everybody was, and most people were saying that the Warriors are never going to win another championship and the dynasty is over. And then they got to this point this point, and they won. That could be a huge factor. I'm not saying it's not. But you cannot tell me that he's heard. He's called himself the petty king, so he's heard. How many people have said Curry needs to win a finals MVP to defend his legacy? Or he's never going to win one. Or he, he, needs one. he needs one. He needs one. He needs this finals MVP to put himself beyond that. He's heard that, he knows that, and he wanted it. That's why when he finally won it, he he said finally, and he started emotionally. You cannot tell me otherwise, Curry. I know it's true. I see it. I know it's true. After hearing all of that, he's heard it. He knows. That's why he got that emotional, right? It's just the facts. It's the facts. Now, people, you know, since he won his first Finals MVP the question is brought up is he a top 10 player we're going to get into that later and after the review we're going to get to that later I'm gonna give my opinion if he's in it or not and I'm gonna give you my list let's go on to clay though clay he averaged 17 points three is, three boards my bad three boards 17 points three boards two assists 36% from the uh, field 35% from the three and 100% from the free throw line. Now, nah, yeah, that's a little skewed because he got 100% because he only averaged like two free throw attempts, but he made all of them. So that's still pretty good, but not the best of numbers for him. All career, all not career lows, but all lows for him and not the best series that he's ever played in. All right, games one and two, especially very poor games for him. Game three and onwards, he started to gain the series, but he didn't reach those standards that he has set for himself, that we expect him to have, that we are accustomed to him having, right? And I believe it was injuries, right? Showing themselves, which I give him zero fault. Cause think of it like this. You're out for two years with an ACL and Achilles tear. One, you got the ACL, you come back. And then the second year, you got your Achilles tear. In your first year back, you have to play 35 plus minutes on a, on a consistent basis on a championship run while majority of people are expecting you to be lights out for you to be your normal self. That's incomprehensible. So it's not his greatest series, but I'm still going to give him props for actually playing decently in these playoffs after a two-year layoff. You gotta give Clay his credit. Not the best series, but it's not a coincidence that he comes back in the lineup and they win the championship. It's not a coincidence. Curry it by himself, like last year, him and Draymond could barely do it. Now you put Clay in there and they win it. It's not a coincidence. Draymond, though, Draymond Green, he averaged six points, eight boards. Six assists in this series. Thirty percent from the field. Thirteen percent from the three. Games three and four, he was terrible. All right, and we're gonna take off the and we're gonna take off the points, right? Even though he only scored two, we're gonna take him off because that's not his role. That's not what he does. Right? He's not a scorer. That's Clay. That's uh that's Curry. That's the rest of the team. But he had four assists, and that's his job. That's your sole job to distribute, and he didn't do that. So for for games three and four, terrible, terrible but we're gonna give him credit because in money time game six closeout game he recorded 12 12 and eight full boards eight assists he made key defensive plays and he made shots where you said that shot's not going in and he made it so we gotta give him props there. the shit that we give him okay it's deserved because sometimes he'll be playing horrible and he talks like if he averages 30 but he comes up big in these closeout games. Game seven in 2016 finals. They lost, but he scored 30-some points and he had a pretty good stat line. So we gotta respect him there. He comes up in the big games. I you know, I don't like Draymond, and I'll be making fun of him at times, but we gotta give him his respect in his IQ. Okay, we gotta give him his respect. Wiggins, I think the best way to like summarize his performance is that he was second in line for that finals MVP. That's how vital he was for the Golden State Warriors, right? Averaged 18 points, 9 boards, 2 assists, 45% from the field, 30% from 3, 69% from the free throw line. Now, 30% from 3 and the 69% from the free throw line, that's pretty bad, but he's not that school. He came up though enormously for them. When he had to make big time shots, that kept him in the game, or he scored dagger shots where it's like, you're not coming back. This game's over. He's of those. His two jobs was not scoring. His two jobs, get the rebounds, play defense. He was controlling the boards. He averaged nine boards this series. The most for any player in the series. Play defense. His defense on Tatum was tremendous. He clamped them majority of the series where Tatum couldn't get a shot off at times. And when he did air ball, his percentages were dropping. We're going to get into that detail a little bit later, but his percentages were dropping. The further the game went and the more Wiggins was guarding him. So you got a shout out to Wiggins shout out to Wiggins. Second in line for the finals. The second best player for the Warriors. Second most important player for the Warriors in this series. Well, let's get on to Tatum. He averaged 22 points, 7 boards, 7 assists, 37% from the field, 46% from 3, 66% from the free throw line. He averaged he this series had 23 t- total turnovers, most of any player in this series. Now, 66% from the free throw line, mm, that's pretty bad, you know, but. Now, before but before I get into him, okay, before I start criticizing him. He was a pretty good playmaker this series. Actually, underrated. Right? He averaged seven assists and he had 42 total assists. Also, more than anybody else in the series. However, 37% from the field? That's egregious for a player like him. Okay, his field goal percentage actually dropped every game from the first quarter to the fourth quarter it dropped implying that he got worse as the game went on so not only does the stat say it the eye test was also telling you as well because countless times did I see him get clamped by Wiggins where he couldn't get past him and he would try to force something and he would turn it over or he would throw a prayer of a shot horrible shot selection and that shot would either be a clank or an air ball that's what it would be each time. And look, look, listen, new media, old media, you know, they're talking about new media, you know, it's more pre- it's more player friendly. They less criticize. They want to give you more greatness than old media. Let's keep it in the middle. Let's keep it moderate. Let's keep it real. Let's keep it at 100%. I'm going to tell you like it is. He folded, folded like a lawn chair. That's just what happened, bro. It's just the facts. It's just the facts. Don't even try to defend him. That's what happened. He played bad. Move on. Now, but there's just people who are so extreme, like in every topic in the world. There's just always these extremists. The extremists that are saying that his career's over, again, you're out of your mind. That's, that's a ludicrous statement. How is his career over? How is his career over? Just because he lost one finals and he played pretty atrociously in it does not mean that his career is over okay he's 24 and it's his first time in the finals he still has a long way to go he hasn't even reached his prime yet and just because he plays like this in the finals his career is over you're out of your mind no way his career is over bro it's just starting it's just starting he could bounce back from this and he could bounce back from this in two ways one he'll know he'll acknowledge that he played horribly and he's gonna look at the and he's gonna and he's gonna look at the criticism everyone's giving him, and he could take it in and be like, I'm gonna use this as fuel, as motivation, and he's gonna look at this final series and improve from it and know he has to improve in it. Or he could just take it and be like, Well, I'm gonna listen to everyone else's, and I'm a bum and I'm gonna just put my head down and be like, Oh yeah, my career's over. And if his like he says, his idol's Kobe, he follows that mama mentality. He's taken the first option. He's gonna learn from this and he's gonna come back better. Is he ever going back to the finals? We don't know. He might never go back. But we know that he possibly could. He might never go back. But his career's not over. Saying that his career's over, that's just that's just that's insane. But whatever. The extreme people. The extreme. Let's see if he bounces back. Jalen Brown. I'm picking to be the X factor in this game, or in the series. He averaged 24 points, seven boards, four assists, 43% from the field, 34% from three, and 81% from the free throw line. Three tur- he averaged three turnovers. He had 20 total turnovers, second most player in the series. All right, he's the second most in the series. Now, though, Jalen was the best player for Boston. He also underperformed under pressure, right? He was forcing things, trying to create his own shot. He would handle the ball poorly and then turn it over. However, without him, they don't win the two games they won, especially game one. He kept them in that game. The Warriors had their third quarters that they always have, that third quarter run that they always have, and they were killing them by like 20 points. He kept them in the game, making big shot after shot after shot, and he ignited the comeback where Al Horford, Marcus Smart, and the rest of the Boston they couldn't miss a three. He ignited that. So technically, he was the X factor, and that was technically right there. Okay, but did he like like Tatum? He underperformed, and they gotta and they gotta play better. Marcus Smart, he averaged 15 points, four boards. Five assists, forty-three percent from the field, forty-one percent from the three, and seventy-five percent from the free throw line. People were expecting Marcus Smart to come in, the Defensive Player of the Year, and shut down Steph Curry. That didn't happen. Now I'm not gonna kill him for that, like most people are, because I'll remember I'll him about the screens. Did Marcus Smart would a start? you know defending him he would get him from my like high court but then you know Draymond would do the screen and then and then obviously Horford or Williams would end up on him so it wasn't him it wasn't Marcus Mars, the primary defender so I'm not going to get into that but what I do that I see the criticize the criticism the criticism is valid is that people are saying he's not a true facilitator which is true because he did not play that that's not what he was doing he would just give the ball to Tatum or Brown, and they would do an ISO. Like I was saying previously stated, like I was saying earlier. Or he would do one too. He would try to dribble, lay up, and do a layup. That's what he would do. He didn't play an appalling series, but he could have done way better in setting up the offense and even being a better defensive player. He did not live up to the Defensive Player of the Year because he possibly could have been the third best defensive player on the Celtics, and you're the Defensive Player of the Year. So he has to improve as well. Overall, though, I think this finals was a good series. Uh, And I was wrong, man. I mean, let me keep it at 110. See, I won't even have reflective of my own, bro. I'm stay objective to myself. I was wrong. I'm going to call myself accountable. I was wrong. I said Boston and 7, I thought their length, I thought their, their defensive prowess was going to overwhelm Golden State, and it didn't. Golden State's defense was better than Boston's. And their offense was well, and they were just a better team, and that's just how it went. Shout out to them. Shout out to my boy Raymond Dobra. He told me after the Boston after Boston beat Miami in the history conference finals, I said, "Who are you picking for Boston and Golden State?" He said, "Golden State," because he didn't believe that Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, two key players were going to show up. He thought they were going to fold, and I was like, "I don't see it," and he was right. They folded. And they lost. That's how it goes. When your three best players, the three most important players on your team, they have bad series, you're going to lose. Of a poor series, you're going to lose. And that's just how it is. That's just how it is. But the question arising that the Warriors won and Gold Curry won his finals MVP, is he a top 10 player? And before I answer that, before I tell you where I have him, I didn't even put this on my chest, bro. I seen another overreaction on the internet after he won it. Y'all, people who put him, the people who say this, y'all are crazy. Y'all are crazy saying that Steph Curry is a top five player right now, or he's the greatest point guard ever, is an absurd statement. It's laughable. It's laughable. Let's get into it. First, he's not in the top five. Um, I'm going to address that, why he's not in the top five. Now I'm going to address why he's not the greatest point guard ever. He's not in the top five yet. And I say yet because he still has a way to go and he could possibly reach it. Okay. But first, why is he not in the top five? Defensive accolades. The players that I have in my top five, which is Kobe, Kareem, Magic, LeBron, Jordan, All known as exceptional defensive players. The only one I give you is Magic, possibly. Magic, he didn't have the defensive accolades that the rest of them have. But 6'9", 200 pounds, when he wanted to play defense, you can see the eye test. He was a better defensive player than Curry. That's just the facts. Okay? He was still good. But, and we're going to leave it like that. Number two. Curry just won his first Finals MVP. Calm the breaks okay most of the guys in the top 10 let alone actually the top five let alone top 10 have multiple finals mvp kobe two kareem or magic i think he has two or three kareem has two or three lebron has his four and obviously jordan has all six multiple finals mvp and he just won one so let's keep it Let's let's, let's calm down. Calm the brakes. Second, why is he not the greatest point guard ever? Because though he does play point guard and he can pass, that's not his role. His role is not to facilitate offense. That's Draymond for the Warriors. Curry is not even top 50 in assists. Guess who's in front of him? People like Mike, a known scorer, is in front of him. People like Kobe Bryant, who's notorious for not passing the ball, is higher than him in the list. He's in the top 50. Kareem, a center, is ahead of Curry in the assists list. If that doesn't tell you anything, I don't know, okay? What Curry is, though, is that he is a hybrid two-guard that plays point. That's what he is. He made up his own position. He's the greatest in that position. And his own position, that's what he is. So if you're me, and you judge, or people like me, and you judge point guards by their traditional roles, you don't see Steph as a true point guard. Therefore, he can not be the greatest which belongs to Magic, the greatest facilitator, the greatest distributor, playmaker in the NBA. He averaged 11 assists for a career. That's the point guard. That's the true point guard. Curry made his own position, a hybrid two guard that plays point, and he's the greatest at that. But don't say he's the greatest point guard ever, because that's not. He doesn't do that. If you look at me like I said, traditional roles, he's not that. That's That's just the facts. That's just the facts in it. If you believe that, you just better start watching basketball. You just better start watching basketball because, and you or you don't like the historian aspect of NBA, NBA because you know, if you know basketball, you know Magic's the greatest point guard of ever. That's just how it is. That's just how it is. But let's get on to more positive things. Is Curry in the top ten? Yes he is. I put him in the top ten and I put him at number ten and to put someone on the list you gotta take people off. Who did I take off? I removed Hakeem Olajuwon or Will Chamberlain. Now why I said why I say both of them or them, because I always switch them off. Usually sometimes I would have Hakeem at ten or sometimes I would put Will at ten. I would just switch them off because the resume is so close that I don't know who to put. Okay, so now I'm just gonna say I remove both of them and put curry in the 10 spot now i'm gonna say why I'm, I'm gonna say their accolades and why i replaced them with curry and everything all right so let's get into it hakim he's a two-time nba champion two-time finals mvp 1994 uh, regular season MVP, two-time Defensive Player of the Year. He's a 12-time All-Star, two-times rebound champion, three-times blocking champion, 12-times All-NBA team, 19 uh, nine-times All-Defensive team, 1985 All-Rookie team, and the he was in the NBA 75th Anniversary team. And he for a career he averaged 22 points, 11 boards, three assists. Now, I took him off the team because he's not in most people's top 10. And I think Curry's just now exceeded him. And he's not in a lot of people's top 10. So, you know, I kind of factor in. But I believe he's actually underrated. Hakeem is underrated. I think he's the third best center of all time. Between the two years that Jordan took off, 94-95, he won the two championships. He won the two-time finals MVP. He was clearly And he won the MVP that that one of those years, like regular season MVP. He was clearly the best player in the NBA, so you gotta give him his credit there. I believe he belongs there. But now, Curry has exceeded him. Will Chamberlain is a two-time NBA champion, 1972 Finals MVP, four-time regular season MVP, 1960 Rookie of the Year, 13-time All-Star, seven-time scoring champion, 11-time rebounding champion, 1968 assist champion, 10 times all NBA, 1960 all-star MVP, 2 times all defensive team, and who's in the NBA 75th anniversary team. And for a career, for a career, this man averaged 30 points, 23 boards, four assists. 30 and 20. That's absurd, man. And you know what also is absurd? His third season in the NBA. He averaged 50 points. 50 points this man averaged in, the, in his third season. That's insane. If you think about it, that's insane. Like 50 points. Wow. wow. And he's the one that had 100 points in one game, a record. Still. But even though I'm 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 praising his stats. He has insane stats like I said. And he supposedly is a world cast athlete. Why have I took him off the list or why do I have him this low? And what's the knock on him for me? His competition wasn't great. His era, the 50s and the 60s, what is it notorious for? Notorious that most of the players were part-time NBA players. They had other jobs. Okay, Their jobs was they were firemen. They were garbage men. They were plumbers. And there were all of these different jobs. And there was only eight teams in the league. And he was the most dominant figure. Supposedly, he was the most dominant figure in his era. Which I don't think is true. Because how are you the most dominant player in your era? And you lose to one guy. To this one guy whose name is Bill Russell. Who beat you 11 times and you only beat him twice. And you could bring the argument that his Bill Russell Celtics were the better team. Obviously with a uh, uh, Bob Cousy and Sam and Casey Jones, all right? They were the better team. But I don't know how they could label you the most dominant player in your in like all time or in your era when you weren't in your own era. Statistically, Yes, he was most dominant. But look at the time and look at the winning. Winning, nope. Bill Russell beat him 11 times. So I can't have that, I can't put that together. I can't correlate it. It doesn't make sense to me. So that's why I'll have to take off Chamberlain. But he's still a great player statistically. That's why I'm gonna have to take him off there. Curry, why is he in the top 10? Look at his accolades now. And with winning the finals MVP, this is his accolades. Four-time NBA champion, 2022 finals MVP, two-time regular season MVP, one being unanimous, two-time scoring champion, 2016 steel champion, eight-times all-NBA team, 2010 all-rookie team. He was in this NBA 75th anniversary team. He was a 2022 all-star MVP He's the 2022 Western Conference MVP, the Magic Johnson Trophy, the new one. He's number one in three pointers made all time with 3,117 and counting. And for career, he averaged 24 points, five boards, seven assists. With these accomplishments, you have to put him in the top ten, and not just because of the accomplishments. The accomplishment, his is accolades, add. To his legacy, that's what thrusted him into the top 10. But why is he really in the top 10? Why does he have to be in the top 10? Because of his revolution of basketball. Now, I don't want to repeat what everyone says and everyone talks about But he's the greatest shooter ever. He's the greatest shooter MB's NBA's ever seen, the basketball's ever seen, the guns ever created. I don't want to repeat that. But it's true. It's true. Everyone why did he how do you revolutionize basketball? Everyone wants to shoot threes because of him. People think it's so nonchalant. He makes it look non so nonchalant shooting threes like it just comes so easy for him that people think it's that easy. And it's not. Okay, he makes these ridiculous shots and he tries these ridiculous shots time after time that NBA players, let alone regular people shouldn't try at all at a consistent basis for a career he's a 43 percent three-point shooter that's what he is the best shooter ever okay he's he's manipulated our minds bro but when i started to game a basketball i thought you had to be a great shooter to play point guard And that's literally one of my arguments I have when I was saying about Magic. Like, a point guard is facilitating, distributing the ball. Jason Kidd was an awful shooter. And he's number two, I believe, in all-time assists. I thought you had to be a great shooter to play point guard. And I was so wrong. Because this guy has changed the game so much. That's what he's done. So that's why he has to be in the top 10. Because years from now, when they talk about this era of basketball, you have to bring him up. Because he brought this game this this three-point shooting for he brought this and that's why you have to put him in the top 10 and if you don't that's just an, it's, it's just undisputed now he has to be on there people like Scale who says he's not on the top 10 he's just hating on him bro for all the LeBron stuff and beating him 2016 he, but he knows I know for sure he knows this guy has to be in the top 10 even with all his, def- his faults he has to be in the top 10 for what he's done for the game of basketball he has to be in the top 10. And that Finals MVP just thrusted him into the top 10. And that's where he is right now. So congrats, Curry. You're in the top 10, bro. So with Curry being in the top 10, my full 10 now is at number 10. Obviously, we have Curry. At number 9, we have Larry Bird. At number uh, 8, we have Tim Duncan. At number 7, we have Bill Russell. At number 6, we have Shaquille O'Neal. At 5, we have... Kobe Bryant at four we have Magic Johnson at three we have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at two we have LeBron and at number one his Aaroness Michael Jeffrey Jordan great list for me man I don't know you could dispute where to place him but that's all top 10 bro like uh, so the players that belong there no cap no undisputed and we'll leave it at that thanks y'all for listening to the episode see y'all in the next one, good basketball, and we'll see you on the next. One. See you next year for basketball.